We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Welcome back. It's the Flow Sports Hour on Flow FM, and it's time to once again step into the country sports time machine, going back 20 years to 2004 when Ardrossan were the premiers in the York Peninsula Footy League and the premiership player coach, Anthony Lamond, is joining me on the line to reminisce on the day. Great to have you here, Anthony. How are you going? Yeah, good, Dan. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, I first made contact with you uh, about a week or two ago and love to start out these conversations just by asking when I did reach out and first spoke to you. Uh, and obviously, we were talking about the 2004 Premiership. What were some of the immediate memories that came into your head? Yeah, well, I think I think as I discussed with you, I'm, I'm happy to chat about it to anyone that's willing to listen. So I firstly... <laughs> most, most Premiership players are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're pretty... Um pretty special but um yeah, a lot of different memories come flooding back I, I, you know i mean you know for, for myself it was uh you know probably outside of marriage and kids you know one of the greatest achievements i, I think that i've actually you know done um you know to go across to our in 2003 and 25 years of age was a massive step out of my comfort zone uh, playing at balaclava prior to that and and had a lot of success at, at Balaclava and grand finals and premierships. So to, yeah, kind of, you know, I get, you know, get up and, and just go and take on a whole new challenge. And, and then, yeah, you know, within two years of, you know, make a grand final, win a premiership, I, I look back on it, you know, as, as one of the greatest achieve, achievements. So it's really become a real metaphor for, for my life. And, um, you know, you know, stepping out of one's comfort zone, growing through that experience and, um, you know, delivering the, the premiership at the end was um, something I'm very proud of. It's interesting you say it's become a, a metaphor for your life. Just tell me a bit more about that. What, uh, yeah, what exactly do you mean by that? What flow-on effect has it had over the last 20 years for you personally? Yeah, look, I, I think whenever, you know, you, you come with um, any doubt in your life, whether that's going for a new job or for me, you know, it was stepping outside of the traditional working nine to five hours and setting up my own business. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of doubt when when you're going in and doing something like that. And I, I always reflect back and think back to my experience over at Ardrossan and think, well, you know, that was something that was really uncomfortable, uncomfortable for me at the time. Um, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it off. I was kind of flying the plane and fixing it at the same time. And it got through it. You know, you, you you learn on the job. You you keep improving and keep evolving, and um, and you know, so I, I guess it builds a lot of confidence. So then, from there, you know, to to kind of go the same. You know, the doubts of stepping out, starting up your own business. Um, you, those same questions come up. You know, are you going to be able to do this? Is it going to work? So I can't kind of always think back whenever there's a challenging moment and something that if it's fear that's stopping me from doing it. I look back and I go, you know, upon that 2004 um, or 2003, 2004 journey and kind of think, well, I overcome that. I can kind of overcome anything in a sense. So, um, yeah, so it, it's really, 
it, it's really something very special to me from that point of view. Well, let's talk a little bit about the 2004 journey. What was the state of the footy club like and, and the talent level like when you got there? And yeah, how much of a mountain was it to climb to get to the 2004 Premiership peak? Yeah, it's a great question. Look, it, it, the club had a really good base. I'd followed our dropping very closely. I'd played with a lot of uh, lads in, in Adelaide that were from the York Peninsula and our dropping. So, you know, back in the days of picking up the Sunday Mail, I'd, <laughs> which, which kind of gives away your age a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> it does a little bit, yep. <laughs> you know, you pick up the Sunday Mail and, you know, I'd always have a look around the state at the different results. So I always had a pretty close eye on, you know, our dropping and, the two the two years prior to me getting there, I think they'd finished. It was the top five over there. I think they'd finished six, and so I think they were like an eight and eight, uh, you know, one eight lost eight. So they had a really good base um, to to come into. And the first year that I went there in in oh three, and you're not quite sure what you're really walking into until you're actually there. But we we finished the same again. Essentially, we finished we finished sixth on the ladder. I think we won seven, lost nine, and. What was really interesting was, you know, we we, we beat the eventual premiers that year. Um, I think we beat every team that year, you know, ex- except for two clubs. Um, but we also would lose to the bottom teams at times as well. So it was really just trying to close that gap from what you know, from our best to our worst, essentially. Um, and good was really good. Um, the results showed that. Um, but yeah, then some days, you know. We just didn't turn up, and we, we could get beaten you know, quite comprehensively by the by the bottom team. And oh, look, a really funny story, if you don't mind, of yeah, you know, I'll share you with that. We started that 03 season, we were Norton three, and I, I called a Sunday morning training. It was a bit of a bit of a shake-up call. We got beaten by Paskerville by 122 points. It rained two inches on the Friday night, rained an inch and a half during the game. Otherwise, it would have been probably 250 points lost, but we were right at the bottom at that at that point. I thought, okay, this is what this is what I've walked into. This is us right at the bottom. Round three, two thousand and three. So I said, look, let's have a Sunday training, just a bit of a get together, um, and, and have a chat about things. And we come out, we won our next four games. We were four and three, had some really great wins, and um, we were then coming up against Wallaroo at home, who were Norton seven, and a win would have put us into the top three at the end of the first round. A a loss would see us slide out of the top five. That's how kind of close it was. So we were really, really excited around the club and we came out that day against Wallaroo and got absolutely flogged, 50 points in the wet. And I remember remember after the game, all the boys were up at the club and they just, yeah, looked like they'd lost lost the grand final and, you know, they're drinking the raspberries. And I thought, that's really good. You know, they're hurting. You know, uh, they're on the soft drinks. It means something. And they all left the club really early. And then one of the sponsors come up to me and said, oh, yeah, look, just to let you know, the boys were on the raspberries because they were down the pub last night till one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so they were hurting. They certainly were hurting, but maybe not quite for <laughs> the reason you thought. <laughs> I was really excited because I thought, you know what? This means something. This loss, you know, it's you know, and and yeah, we we lost all momentum in the back half. You know, we never, yeah, you know, I think we won three out of our last uh, eight games to, again, missed the final. So, you know, there was certainly some culture things, but there was certainly clearly, you know, when you looked at the last three years, we just needed more talent up up the top end, and you know, 
I always say grand finals are one in September. Ours is probably one in September of 03 because we, we stepped out um, and, and started approaching some players and doing some recruiting. Um, you know, and, and I could tell, I mean, meet the coach in 03, I think we had 10 players out on the track that day. At our first training session in 2004, we had 50 players on the track. So you could already tell that the momentum was, was there. Um, you know, and, and we really had the talent, I guess, in in 04. I mean, you still got to win them. You know, talent's one thing. You know, you still got to be able to, you know, I guess manage, uh, you know, manage all the personalities and, and, you know, keep the train on track, so to speak. But um, a lot of work was done from, you know, September 03 through to December to make sure that we, we were going to come out in into a, you know, um, have, have an improved team because I always think definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So if we didn't go out and do that, I think we just would have finished that fourth to six again in 2004. So the club was behind it. Um, you know, back in those days, you know, it was completely different, I think, in terms of, you know, player points and things like that. It was a whole different ball game. So we were able to go out and, I guess, target some, some players that we felt would be, you know, that, that we were probably lacking, um, you know, at, at the club. And then we... You know, by luck, you know, had three or four players kind of roll up in town or in the area that signed up as well. So, you know, we, we probably changed the team over 50% from where it was in, in 2003 with some real top-end talent. Um, and that just got us off to a great start in 2004. And, you know, I, I think we knew... It was really interesting, like a lot of those players that were <laughs> probably down the pub the year before... You know, they knew that they had a real opportunity. I think, you know, for if they if they played their cards right, they could could have been part of something special, and you could see an improved output on the training track. And um, you know, I quite often say, I think you need a perfect storm to go on and win a premiership. And our storm wasn't perfect, but certainly it was certainly brewing up, and you could certainly feel that we were, you know, that we were heading in the right direction to make finals and finish high up the ladder and you know, potentially make a grand final. It's interesting to hear you say how much it means to some of the guys and they know they can be a part of something special. To some people, it's just, you know, local sport. But you're right, for for others, it, it clearly is the opportunity to be a part of something really special. And no, it's not the AFL, it's not the be-all and end-all of life, but it really does go to show how much it means to a lot of the players and a lot of the people that dedicate their lives to playing sport. Let's... Fast forward to that 2004 season now. What was different from the get-go going into the season? Was it immediately a different feel from the previous year? Did you know something special was brewing early on? Yeah, well, um, you know, absolutely. Look, I mean, I I, I go back to our first training session. As I I said, I'll never forget it, you know, 2003 and, you know, kind of lobbing up and, you know, 10 people there to meet their coach and that first one and, you know, in 2004, you know, I think it was in January or whatever, we said, oh, look, let's have a get-together. And I did a head count, and there was up to 50-odd people on the track. And just a big buzz, lots of spectators, the barbecues were going. And, you know, so you kind of sense that we actually had some depth and, um, you know, the people were willing to get out and, and do the work. And I, I guess round one, you know, we played Munter, who, who were... Um, uh, you know, had, had also recruited really well. They had a lot of ex... AFL players and sample players 
you know, running through the team, and they, and they were always up, you know, up around the mark in my time over there. Pretty much top three finish, I think, in, in most of the years. And you know, so we we came out against them round one, and I, I think we won. Uh, it's a pure guess, but I think we won by seven or eight goals. And um, a few of the new recruits played played exceptionally well. And you know, so even walking away from that game, certainly a long way to go <laughs> before you know making finals and and winning grand finals. But early on that year, we played some of the the better clubs from previous years and we've had pretty convincing wins against them. So I kind of felt in that first month that the playing group, that they could sense that players aren't silly. And, uh, you know, I think I think they could sense that they were, um, you know, sitting on a pretty good opportunity, you know, if they did all the right things and played their cards right. So, yeah, those early wins get the confidence up. You know, we, we were pretty fortunate that year. I think we went through to round 15 before we, we actually had our first loss, which was against Butte, who, who would go on and play in the grand final. So, you know, going into that game, we were kind of 14-zip. And, um, you know, so, yeah, we had the confidence up, I guess, and our tails were up, and we were playing a pretty good brand of footy. It always adds an extra element when you go up against the team that... Uh, managed to beat you during the season and you meet them again in the grand final. You see it all the time in pro sports and in uh, local and country sports. But what was the confidence levels like on grand final day? Uh, obviously going up against a team who had beaten you on one hand, you know, you know that they know how to beat you. But on the other hand, you know what you need to do differently to stop them and get on top. Yeah, absolutely. look, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's really painful at the time. I, I think and I, I hate hearing this. Like, you know, you, you've had a loss that day. And look, full credit to Butte. They, they beat us hands down. There was no, you know, wasn't trying to, you know, work towards the loss kind of thinking, oh, you know, we need to have one win because, uh, sorry, we need to have one loss because you don't want to potentially get to a grand final and that be your bad day, you know. And, and there, was, there was kind of this feeling I, I sensed in the playing group that, uh, dare I say, we needed to almost have a loss. Um, not that it was manufactured in any capacity. I have full respect to Butte. And, and I would say that that's probably a little bit unfair to Butte. Butte had a fantastic team that year. Like, I think any other year, you know, we, we just had an exceptional footy team in, in 2004. I think any other year, Butte, Butte wins the flag. Like they, they were a really outstanding team. They were quick. They had um, the male medalist in their team. They were really well balanced all the way throughout. And yeah, look, they, they beat us that day by I think six, five or six goals. And uh, like I said, it's the second and last game. Uh, we we came out in the last minor round game, had a really good win against our arch rivals, and then we played Butte again in the second semi. And yeah, we were pretty fired up in that game. I think I think we won the second semi by nine or ten goals um, to put us through into a grand final, which also happened to be a home grand final, which we were really really um, spoiled with. And lucky to have. And then, yeah, so Butte, Butte won through and you kind of think, well, they knocked us off here a month ago. So, yeah, look, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of felt that we were definitely favourites going into the game. But Butte on their day, um, you know, it, it could have been a different result, you know. Um, if, if, you know, things had all fallen their way. I just thought they were a really, really, really dangerous team. Um and yeah, like I said, probably any other year, they, they, they probably win the flag. And what was the feeling like? Obviously, you'd only been at the club for a couple of years, but 
I'm sure you could see how much this flag meant. It was the first grand final appearance for Ardrossan since 1990 and the first premiership since 1989. So for those players who had been playing at the club through juniors and had been there for a lot longer than you had, what did it mean to them and what did it mean to uh, the whole team as a whole? Yeah, look, it's, you, you could you could sense it. There was a few senior players there. I, you know, I mean, Greg Ware, who was our captain, and I'm pretty sure he's a male medalist um, in, in the association. Like, just a great footballer, fantastic footballer. And he was he was probably oh god, I'd hate to get this wrong, but he, look, he might have been twenty eight, twenty nine when we come along with that team. And I remember he said to me one night, he said, "Mate, I, I wish I had this team." When I was in my early twenties, he said, "You know, when I was, you know, at my absolute peak, he said, mate, this is just fantastic. I can, you know, just sit out on a Ford flank, not get any attention, and, um, you know, whereas he was probably heavily tagged as one of their best players for, you know, through his peak times when they, you know, when they weren't as strong. So, you know, you could sense for guys like that. Um, you know, there's a couple of other players there that were, you know, in the in their late late twenties that." I mean, I don't even know if they've played in a final series. Um, yeah, they've always been a really competitive club. Like, they always really, you know, like I said, you know, they win every second week and, and kind of narrowly miss out on the finals. So there were certainly no easy beats, but there was a lot of players that had, you know, maybe played 150 games with maybe one or two final appearances. So for, for them to get the opportunity to break through was really pleasing. And then you've got all the supporters and the, the volunteers who make up these clubs, you know, it's the, um, you know, they're, they're the fabric of it all, and you know, to see that what joy it brought to them is, you know, really special. As a guy at the club, I think he was in his seventies then, called Clay Coon, had been at the, you know, the club since day dot, and I think he was, I think he was actually inducted as a life member twice. That's how much service he takes. Wow, hey. Never heard, I've never heard of that in my life. No, neither have I. <laughs> they, they gave him life membership twice, you know. And he's, he's just such a lovely guy and um, a really calming influence around the club. And, you know, like, like I said, in the 70s, still strapping the ankles. And, you know, he'd, he'd always make sure that we left that tape on the floor. He said, don't worry, I'll get it. I'll sweep it all up. And I remember after winning in 2004, I just saw him walk out. He, he locked the door of the club rooms. He just looked up to the sky, you know. I don't know what he said, but he just looked up and 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 just, you know, walked off to the car as, you know, as if the job was done. And... So, you know, those things stick in my mind. You know, they're, they're the things that you really remember out of the day. Like, the actual game itself, I, I, you're so involved in it. I don't have a lot of recall on it, you know. You're so much in the moment. There's, there's you know, Obviously, you know, you know you won and you know the players that played really well. And um, although it was a classic, you know, team effort result, but... Yeah, it's, it's those other little bits around it that kind of really stick in your mind. Like, you know, Clay Coon coming out and looking up to the heavens and, you know, strolling off to the car as if the job was completed. So, um, yeah, it was really special. It, it is the people like him that make up the fabric of a footy club, like you said, and uh, the players are the ones doing the job on the day. But, yeah, it's the years and the decades and the, the double lifetimes, apparently, worth of work behind the scenes that really, really make up a footy club and it's those people that uh, probably relish in these sorts of premierships just as much as the players. And I know you said you don't remember too much from the game itself, but I'm still going to ask the question. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> look, there's, there's, there's some big moments. Look, the, um, yeah, I'm probably going to ask it how, look out how it unfolded. It was, it was a bit of a 
it was a bit of an interesting one, I think, because um, the breeze was a bit different that day. It was always breezy at, at, at Ardross. And, and, but we kicked into the breeze first up, and I remember we came in, in, in the lead, and I just thought that was really significant um, because, I mean, Ardross is the kind of a ground where if you lose a toss, the opposition kicks with the breeze. You know, if, if they're wrong, you know, they could have six, seven goals on the board. And, you know, you know it's a, long, it's a long way to make up and the breezes can switch around and die out and all kinds of funny things. So, yeah, kind of to to lose the toss and and kick into the breeze, yeah, to kind of come in in the lead at quarter time and then it was a real arm wrestle and I just remember we broke free at around about the 15-minute mark of the second quarter. I just thought the players really settled into what you can see. You know, it's what you kind of hope. You know, you always say... Certainly the coach, I, you know, treat it as a normal game and the earlier you can settle into the game, the better. The, the, the sooner it becomes a normal game of football, um, you know, kind of the, the better you feel, I think, as a, as a player. So I could sense that, yeah, but, but midway through that second quarter, we really started to get on top and, you know, I came in at half time with about a 39-point lead and 40-point lead, uh, touch over six goals, which... I always think it's a really dangerous <laughs> kind of lead in a sense because it's, it's not enough to defend, but you can kind of um, get a little bit complacent, I think. You know, think think that the job's done, but it's it's certainly not, certainly not in, in modern-day footy. And Butte came out and did what Butte did really well. They threw caution to the win in the third quarter and really got on top of us. Um, you know, they were quick, they covered the ground, created a lot of scoring opportunities and they pulled the margin back to 19 points and actually had a shot on the siren at three-quarter time, which uh, the guy kicking for goal was probably 55 metres out and it fell short. But, you know, you kind of felt if they got that goal on the siren, it was back to a 13-point lead. I felt we tensed up a little bit. Um, I'd always felt Butte were a fitter team. They were a much younger team on average than us and... And as I keep reiterating, they, they covered the ground really well. So it just felt like it was really game on again coming in at three-quarter time. And I, I guess the message was, um, look, you just don't want to blow this opportunity. I remember the words, actually. You don't want to blow this opportunity or you'll take it to your grace. And the players rallied the game. And I, uh, I said before the start of the game, you know, we need the best players to play well. We need our bottom six players to do a job. And we need just one smoky on the day. So someone just to stand up and do something special. And, yeah, a guy by the name of Andrew Evans, great country lad. Um, yeah, he stood up, kicked five goals from centre-half forward, which was a, you know, a season high for him. Um, took some spectacular marks. And, um, yeah, you know, just played the game of his lifetime. So things kind of fell into place from, from that point of view. I, I felt that, yeah, the bottom six did their job. The top six contributed really well and and you know um we you know had had the smoky as we called him you know pop up and kick kick five goals um so yeah we were able to you know run away with the game again and i think we eventual 37 point winners 35 36 i should know the margin off the top of my head shouldn't i bet it was around six goals well for for someone who doesn't remember much about the game you've got all the other details down to a t so we'll we'll forgive you for not having the margin off the top of your head 
I, I was thinking about actually halfway through, Dan. I was kind of thinking, for someone that says they don't have a lot of recollection of the game, he's just he's just baffled on for ten minutes. Yeah, you've pulled out pulled out some fantastic insights there, which <laughs> I and and our listeners uh, certainly appreciate. Hopefully, some of uh, some of your old teammates are tuning in. We we better wrap things up, Anthony. Before we do, okay. I know there's a uh, premiership reunion coming up pretty soon. Are you heading along to that one? Yeah, look, it's it's with um, gutted actually. No, look, my uh, I'm Brisbane based now, so um, this calls yeah coming from up in the Sunshine State, and um, yeah, I'm I'm locked into something I, I can't get out of, which is which is a real shame because it's also the 1974 uh, Premiership uh, reunion. So yeah, just had a, a chat with the club this week with the organisers, but yeah, unfortunately won't won't be able to get back. Which, like I said, it's really uh, gut wrenching. So. Um, yeah, I hope to reach out to to some of the plays, you know, leading up to that, and I'm sure they have a great night, and I'll probably be the only one missing, which will hurt even more. But um, it, it'll be a really big event. Like I said, it's a 74, it's a 2004 reunion. Um, first Butte, I think it's round round one um, of, of the year, so it should be a big turnout and a great day for the club. All right, well, we'll certainly be covering off on the 74. Premiership as well very soon here on Flow Sports and if you did miss any of uh, this conversation in its entirety it will be up on the Flow Sports Facebook page if you're listening as one of the old uh, Drossen Premiership players uh, leave a comment on that post I'd love to hear uh, anyone else's memories from the day as well and I'm sure everyone would love to uh, reminisce with one another but Anthony it's been great chatting to you and hearing your memories it's uh like I said, for someone who doesn't have a great recollection of the game, you've certainly got a pretty photographic memory of just about every detail on the day, leading up to the day and uh, in the aftermath. So, yeah, it's been uh, sensational learning about it. I'm really appreciative of your time, and I hope you've had fun reminiscing on it all. It's, it's been great. Like I said, happy to have a chat to anyone that's prepared to listen, Dan. So, mate, th- thank you. Really appreciate the interview. And, um, yeah, mate, all, all the best. I appreciate what you're doing. I think it's great that you're, uh, you know, the nostalgic factor of... Catching up and reliving um, you know, these, these memories is, is great. So it's great what you bring to uh, your listeners. Good on you. Thanks, Anthony. I certainly have uh, a, a lot of fun doing it. So, yes, it is definitely a highlight. But, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Good on you. Cheers, mate. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.